Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our big island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 630 and on B93, B97 at 7 a.m. Or listen anytime online at kwxx.com. Island Conversations, brought to you by Parker School and by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken. Aloha, good morning. Welcome to Island Conversations. Today and next Sunday, we're on the radio on the Big Island of Hawaii on KWXX and on B93B97, and we'll be on KPUA the following Friday. You may also hear Island Conversations as a podcast wherever you get podcasts or at kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com. Several weeks ago, we had as our guest Kimo Alameda, who is the CEO of Bay Clinic, which is one of our island's three federally qualified community health care centers. Today, we're going to talk with Richard Taff. He is the CEO of West Hawaii Community Health Center. Aloha, Richard. Aloha. Now, Richard, I can't even believe it. You have been the CEO of West Hawaii Community Health Center since it began, which was actually 15 years ago. That is true. And I'm still pinching myself. It's been wonderful being here. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, time really flies. What I'd like you to do, if you don't mind, is give us a grounding in West Hawaii Community Health Center. Where is it? What kind of facilities do you have? Employees? Things like that. Just help us understand what West Hawaii Community Health Center is. Sure. And if your listeners have heard about Bay Clinic, um, we're sister organizations, so we have many of the same functions, services, and responsibilities. But the West White Community Health Center, as you said, started in 2005. There was just six of us that started it. And today, we're in five locations. We're up in Waikoloa, Kelakehe, Kuakini Highway, and down in Kealakekua. We offer medical, dental, and behavioral health services. We're serving about 25% of the population in the West Hawaii area, which is from basically from Kauai High down to Mi'olii and Ocean View. So we serve a large population over a very broad area. Serving that wide area offers many challenges and also many opportunities. It's been exciting for these past 15 years to help grow an organization that serves the community. It's been great serving the community and providing necessary health services to a wide range of people. As you heard with Bay Clinic, we also provide services to everybody. Anyone who works through our doors, we take care of. People with private insurance, people with no insurance, people with Medicare, Medicaid, um, we take all insurances. The only ones we don't take are Kaiser. So roughly how many patients come to West Hawaii Community Health Center, Richard? Do you know? Yeah, West Hawaii Community Health Center today serves over 17,000 patients. Oh, that's good. Our first year, we only had, I think it was 900 patients. So in the 15 years, we've grown significantly. We have about 20 medical providers. They're MDs, DOs, physician assistants, there's nurse practitioners, and we also have dentists, adult dentistry as well as pediatric dentistry. So we have six dentists along with the hygienists, and then we have 10 behavioral health specialists and a psychiatrist. So we have a full range of services. We have a total staff of 199 as of yesterday. You mentioned that you have MDs and DOs. Uh, doctor of osteopathy. My understanding, Mr. Taff, is they get 
the same medical training as an MD, a medical doctor, but they also go into additional training in I will use the term body manipulation, but sort of like a chiropractor kind of background. Is that right, or am I completely wrong on that? No, that, that is true, manipulation. Uh, most of our DOs do not get engaged in that at the health center, but they are trained in that for sure. So there's an integrated approach, but they are family medical providers, and they look at the entire family. It's not just a specialty. What are the implications of being a federally qualified community health center? What does that really mean both to you as the provider and then to us as the population that might use you? An FQAC, of a federally qualified health center, is a federal designation. And with that comes some grant funds, though it only represents about 15% of our budget. With that, though, we also get malpractice coverage. So we're covered under the Federal Tort Claims Act, FTCA. We also have other responsibilities and their oversights and reporting and guidelines and regulations we have to follow that others don't. In addition, we also get some increased reimbursement for Medicaid. And we have to provide additional services for that additional. So we have what we call wraparound services, you know, translation services, uh, referrals, care coordination, support with transportation, just a lot of different things that are required in order to receive that additional payment for Medicaid. We call it PPS or prospective payment system. If you will, another way of looking at it is cost-based reimbursement. The benefits to the community of being a federally qualified health center is that we are in the community and are supposed to meet the needs of the community. It's not a private practice. We're a private nonprofit organization. We have a board of directors. A majority of our board of directors are also patients of our service, and we need to serve all people in the community. And it's not just you know those who can afford service. So we also and are required to provide a sliding fee scale for those who have no insurance. So when we say anyone can come, we truly mean that. And we will help people find the money if they, or not charge them for the services. We often help people. We don't have a lab, so if they need lab services, we'll contact the local labs and say, this person is in need, and can you waive or reduce the fees? Same thing with imaging services. Transportation, we've helped numerous people with transportation. You know, we do a lot of outreach to the homeless and to the farm workers and to low-income communities where they have challenges with language and culture barriers to coming in. And one of the reasons we have multiple locations, I've mentioned that we have multiple locations, and part of that is to get our services out in the community so that people don't have to travel. Our goal and one of our requirements is to improve access to health care. And the other piece is reduce disparities. Make sure that those who may not have access get the same level and quality of care so that their health conditions are improved. Just the fact that West Hawaii Community Health Center and the other federally qualified health centers, Bay Clinic, Hamakua, take Medicaid patients. A lot of providers will not take Medicaid patients, for example. And right now, during the COVID crisis, where so many people have lost their employment and may now have lost their health insurance, are you seeing an uptick in requests from people in the community? 
we thought we would, and statewide there has been a slight increase in Medicaid enrollment. We have seen some. It's not what I had expected. When I look at the numbers, it appears that a lot of the people, at least early on, they maintained, even though they weren't employed, and I'm thinking about the hotel industry, many of those people, the unions kept them on. They kept paying their insurance, so they didn't lose their coverage. I anticipate that we're going to see, depending on the stimulus bill, if we do have a stimulus bill coming out and if we see people who are um, getting unemployment benefits, that we will have many of those people who will be able to keep their coverage and may not need Medicaid. But we are prepared and ready, and we actually have a plan to do outreach and get people enrolled in Medicaid if they need to. Richard, you mentioned that you get some of your funding from the federal government. What is the total budget for West Hawaii Community Health Center, and where do your funds come from? For 2020, our budget was over $21 million. 80% of it comes from fees for service, which is Medicaid, Medicare, private insurance, and then, as I say, the nominal fee that we do charge. Uh, 15% comes from our federal grant, and the other 5% comes from grants and contracts and donations. You mentioned that you have around 17,000 patients now. Are you still accepting new patients? Always. Okay. Always. That's part of the deal that you have to always... We will always see new patients. Okay. Um, I'm going to go back a little bit because when we first started, there was a huge exodus of medical providers from our community. Um, I remember one year, it was like Kona lost over 24, 25 medical providers, specialists and family physicians. That continued for a number of years. And we took that opportunity to grow the West Hawaii Community Health Center because we want to be here for the community. The community, to be healthy and well, needs to have health care. And that means to have health care providers. And that's our responsibility. And we take that seriously. That's good. That's good. Now, you mentioned that you have dental care, and I know it was sort of a big deal when you started opening your dental clinics. Talk a little bit about dental care, because I think a lot of people think of dental care as somehow separate from medical care. My own dentist acquainted me with the fact that dental care is absolutely medical care, that your mouth and how you digest food and how you chew it is just critical. But tell us your observations, why you added dental care, and a little bit about the kind of dental care you offer, because I think in this state, a lot of people have sometimes not had dental care. You're right on both cases. Dental care is integral to your health care, and it's got to be integrated. And if you think it is separate, shame on you. And we need to think it is integrated for sure. Why did we set it up? It was one of the services that we were required to do. Um, we started it with pediatric dental. And the reason I started it there was what I would call enlightened self-interest. The enlightenment is that we had to start with our keiki and get good health there, and we can teach the parents how to take care of their children's health or teeth, they'll start doing it for themselves. And we can change the curve around the oral health of um, the population. We do have a study that shows that that, in fact, happened. When we started it, though, the self-interest was there was reimbursement. Ah. Okay? So we have to operate 
even though we're a nonprofit with a board of directors, we still have to operate as a business. And we do operate as a business from that perspective. So there was a need in the community, certainly, and there was a revenue stream, Medicaid, because 93% of our kids are on Medicaid who get our dental care. So again, these are individuals who come from low income. We know so many of our families work two and three jobs in order to get housing and food and basic necessities. And oftentimes, even working two or three jobs in this economy in Hawaii, that their kids are eligible for Medicaid. So giving them oral health, because there was not oral health available to kids, um, except there was one dentist, and she did a great job, but you had to pay cash. So there's no one taking Medicaid when we set it up. So that's where we started, and we've grown it now so that we started down um, Kailakikua, but now we have dental clinics in Kailakehe as well as Waikoloa, and we see both adults and children. We focus mostly on children. We have pediatric dentists, and we are also part of a pediatric residency program so that we have three pediatric students come every quarter and stay with us. And it gives us the opportunity to recruit new dentists into the community. They come and they like the community, they like the program, they like the services, they like the staff, and they believe in the mission. And when we have openings, we have a built-in recruitment tool. Where do these dental students come from? All over the country. Really? Oh, that's pretty fascinating. You know, that's the philosophy always. If you can get people to come here and practice, and, you know, for doctors as well, then that's why there have been residency programs established at Hilo Medical Center. And I know that Kona Community Hospital does get some interns passing through. And then, of course, we now have the physician assistant program at the old Kaiser Clinic in South Kona. The benefit to the community is if they can stay, that's a good thing. Right, absolutely. And um, you mentioned MedEx, which is the physician assistant program tied to the University of Washington. Um, So we were just on a call with them last week, and they have 17 students this year. They will have 24 students coming in this summer. Obviously, COVID has created a more of a virtual learning situation, but um, they are excited. And the benefit of working with University of Washington is the instructors also do community work. So they're going to be starting to work with us one day a week. So it's another person that we have serving our community. So medics contributes in that way. The other thing is that they have connections and they're on faculty at the University of Washington Medical School. So in terms of access to specialists and specialty consultations, and that will be at our fingertips in the years to come. From my perspective, that's one of the most exciting opportunities that we have. Our population here on the Big Island, even though it's 200,000, can't support some of the sub-specialists and sub-sub-sub-specialists. And so 70% of our patients are referred out to Honolulu, to Queens. That's good, but they have to travel. The more specialty consultations and support that we can get here, the better it is for our patients. From my perspective as CEO of the West White Community Health Center, the benefit to our patients and to helping support this program, Medex program, means that we ultimately will have these types of access. 
cancer, heart disease, I mean, you name it. University of Washington is an incredible and valuable resource that we will now have access to. And their reputation is outstanding in the country as a medical school. Oh, it is. And yeah, it's pretty exciting. It really is. And the first cohort of 17 students have some connection either from Hawaii or connections to Hawaii. And they did that intentionally. And a brief interruption to remind you, this is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Today we're talking with Richard Taff. He's the Chief Executive Officer of West Hawaii Community Health Center, one of three federally qualified community health centers here on the island. I was really appreciative of Mr. Taff's talking about dental care. And because I have been told often that dental care is a real important part of medical care in general, After I talked with Richard Taff, I did an interview with two of the dentists from West Hawaii Community Health Center, Dr. Stephen Pine, who's a general dentist, and Dr. John Golick, who is a pediatric dentist specializing in children. And you may find that podcast at the same place you'd find any podcast for Island Conversations, which is wherever you get podcasts, just look for Island Conversations or go to kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com and that podcast will be posted right after this one. Next week is my final Island Conversations program after more than 16 years doing weekly interviews. And in that one, we're going to be talking about gratitude. I'm grateful for everything that I have and for living here on this island. And I've talked to several community leaders who will share what the source of their gratitude is, given the challenges we're facing Some of those people include former Mayor Billy Kanoi, former Mayor Harry Kim, current Mayor Mitch Roth, Kaiu Kimura of Imiloa Astronomy Center, and more. So you may join us next Sunday morning on the radio, 6.30 a.m. on KWXX, 7 a.m. on B97B93, or listen to the podcast of Island Conversations anywhere you get podcasts or at kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com. Another thing to be grateful for is our generous sponsors, starting with KTA Superstores. At KTA, local and fresh means you get the very best Hawaii Island has to offer. The grass-fed meats you find at KTA are raised without added hormones or antibiotics. Our seafood department is stocked with sustainable choices caught in local waters by local fishermen. KTA carries the largest selection of Hawaii Island homegrown produce. Our mountain apple brand is all local so you know it's fresh and delicious. Local and fresh always tastes best at KTA. And thank you also to our second sponsor this month, Parker School. I love my school. My school feels like family. At Parker School, we are one ohana. At Parker School, your child is known, valued, and nurtured in a safe and diverse community. We invite you on a Valina visit, a virtual campus tour to meet our school community and discover our historic campus in the heart of Waimea. Join our ohana, where students feel safe to explore, evolve, and excel as compassionate learners engaging enthusiastically in life. Call 885-7933 or visit parkerschoolhawaii.org to register, learn about financial aid opportunities, or about Parker School. And now back to our discussion with Richard Taft, Chief Executive of West Hawaii Community Health Center. You mentioned COVID, and that's obviously an overriding theme of everything we do these days. 
is West Hawaii Community Health Center doing COVID tests? Uh, for whom, when, how? Give us a little detail on that. Yeah, the West Hawaii Community Health Center has been involved with COVID from day one. We stood up a COVID test site, a tent, a triage tent, outside our Kuakini Clinic uh, right at the beginning. And that's right downtown on the corner of Hualalai Road and Kuikini Highway. Yes, that's correct. So we started there and have continued that. At that time, we were running it six days a week. We scaled it back in May, I think it was, or June, to five days a week. It wasn't community testing. It's for our patients. We looked at it from the perspective of we serve 25% of the population they're coming in for other things. We need to screen them before they come into the clinic. And if they're symptomatic, if they've traveled, if they have a fever or any of the other symptoms, we need to keep them outside and triage them, take care of what they were coming here for, and do a COVID test. I don't know the total number of tests we've done, but you know, it's a couple thousand. If they're symptomatic, we'll do a rapid test. If that comes up positive, we'll do the PCR test, that gets sent off to clinical labs. Do you know how many patients you've had who have actually had COVID-19? I don't. Yeah, I do know, but don't have the statistics immediately in front of me. For a couple of weeks in September, October, we were running about 10% of those that we tested, which was very high, but that was for a two-week period. Most other weeks were like at 1% or less. So I think this county now is about 1.4 positive percent. But yeah, it was scary for those couple of weeks. And that's when we started to see the increase. Right now, we haven't had any positives for the last three weeks. Well, our case count on the island, every day we get a number of new cases. And in the last week, it's sort of been low. You know, I don't want to knock on wood. But during that time in September, as you point out, there was a surge on the island, and a lot of it was West Hawaii. And I'm guessing with your population of patients, some of them do live in large households, which would be definitely problematic. You know, if one person gets it, they're probably going to spread it to other people in the household if they can't be separated. Absolutely. And because we do have a lot of Pacific Islanders in our population, we were doing constant and outreach. We have a number of folks, a lot of it was language barriers, and because they are from those communities, they were able to communicate, and they're acknowledged leaders in their community. And I'd just like to say, that community, the Pacific Island community of West Hawaii, really stepped up. The leaders of those communities stepped up and did everything they possibly could to communicate what people needed to do, help with masks. They really did. And while there has been a community spread in some of those communities, it could have been worse. If we look at Honolulu and the spread within the Pacific Island community, and particularly Kali'i, it's been huge. You know, they're talking about 100 or more in a day in some of those communities, and we never reached that. And I would say that it's because of the Pacific Island community. That's really good to hear all over the state, but certainly on this island. We have so many people that live in close quarters, and English is not the first language for some of them. And, of course, you have to have leaders in that community be engaged in this. So I'm very happy to hear what you're saying, because it sounds like West Hawaii Community Health Center did a really good job of reaching out to the people that needed to help. Thank you for that. I think we did, but I think it's because the community cared. They cared about one another, and they cared about the larger community. They understood that they had a responsibility, not just for their own community, but for everybody 
and they really took that to heart. That's great. That's good to hear. Richard Taff, you're the CEO. What else should we talk about relative to West Hawaii Community Health Center? I've asked questions that I think are interesting, but you may have more interesting things to say. Well, I think there's a lot of wonderful, fantastic things that we're doing. Even though we're faced with this COVID, and that's really put a damper on a lot of stuff, or you've had to refocus. I think what we've done as an organization is come together with this community. The outpourings of support from this community has been huge, and we've seen it day in and day out. And that has buoyed the staff. The staff has come together. They've stepped up. We've not laid off a single person. Because of American Dental Association requirements, we had to close the dental clinic, except for emergencies, for two months. And once we were able to come back, everybody's been back, and we've actually hired new people. So I think just from that, that creating a strong, dynamic team has just been awesome. In addition to that, and despite the focus on COVID, we've been able to start new programs. We just got some funding for a rural opioid program. So we're the grantee, but we're working with the county police department and with Bay Clinic around education and outreach around the opioid epidemic. We've expanded our pharmacy program and services. I think one of the other things that's happened over the past year and COVID, other than the team of people coming together and the community support, is our ability to pivot very quickly and to establish or build, if you will, our telehealth capacity. That's been huge. Prior to COVID, we were talking about it but hadn't done it. COVID forced us to do it. It's here to stay. More and more people are going to be expecting it, and we're developing and expanding our capacity for virtual visits. We're looking at home monitoring things now. We've been looking at even autonomous AI, where there's remote diagnostics. Really? Yes. Like would people have a little robot at their house or what? There's applications for you to monitor. If you think about it, how many people today wear an iWatch? That is a personal health device. It monitors your heartbeat, your sleep, your respiratory, your exercise, and many, many other things. That's only going to expand. We need to be thinking about how can we integrate that information into our electronic health record, make it available to our medical providers so that they can communicate with you, the patient, when they see something going on. Let's say there's a heart arrhythmia. They can see it, respond to it. Something that a person might not notice themselves, but their health provider would know what it meant. Absolutely. So the technology has been there. COVID has brought it out and put it front and center. And we as health providers have got to make sure that we follow through on that and make it available. So I think COVID has been a challenge, but there's silver linings, and this is certainly one of them. And we are much further down this road as a health center than we were nine months ago. And I'm excited about that. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. West Hawaii Community Health Center is a community clinic. What do you want from the community? How can the community help if you need such help? I don't know that it's what I want from the community. I think it's what we can give to the community. How do people reach West Hawaii Community Health Center if they would like to become a patient or just want more information? 
Well, they certainly go to the website, uh, www.westhawaiichc.org. Westhawaiichc.org? Right. Okay. Um, or you can call our general number, which is 326-5629. Okay, that's 808-326-5629. Yes. And if so if somebody wants to make an appointment or just for any reason, yeah? Absolutely. We take new patients. We have a uh, quick registration. Richard Taft, before we say aloha, You've talked about COVID. Your community health clinic, like everybody on the whole island, everybody in the state, it's been challenging in the last year. And here we are in the season around Christmas and Thanksgiving. What are you grateful for? Where do you find gratitude despite all the challenges that everybody is facing? I guess my greatest gratitude or sense of gratitude comes from the community and the support they've shown us. Our ability to continue operating and serving the community and taking care, taking care of people. Um, That's why we're here. That's why we exist. Another thing I'm grateful for is absolutely the team at the West Hawaii Community Health Center. They're incredible. They've stepped up whenever there was need. They needed to step up, and they've come together. And I couldn't be more grateful for their wonderful work and It's shown in the community and the care and compassion that they've given to patients. Richard Taft, CEO of West Hawaii Community Health Center, thank you so much for your time and your mana'o. Aloha. Thank you, and I appreciate, and I wish everyone a wonderful holiday, and please stay healthy and safe. Aloha. Aloha. That concludes my conversation with Richard Taft, Chief Executive of West Hawaii Community Health Center. You may find out more about West Hawaii Community Health Center at their website, westhawaiichc.org. And check out the podcast all about how dental care is part of your general health care and what things you should know about going to the dentist. This is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. I look forward to seeing you next week for my final Island Conversations, all about gratitude. And until then, please, let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahoi ho. Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions at info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, brought to you by Parker School and by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916, and by New West Broadcasting.